Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we start this episode, could you do me a favor? Could you rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts? And also, could you subscribe to our YouTube channel? That's at youtube.com slash by the hood. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to anyone who's shown us any sort of support because we appreciate it all. If you are watching this video, please do me a favor. Subscribe to our channel. Hit the like button. Do all the good stuff that helps us fight the algos. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, please leave us a comment. Um, let us know how you feel about this episode. You know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters, people that look just like us who are doing amazing work in the community, building businesses. Um, I'm also joined by my partner in crime, Corey, as always. Corey, how are you, sir? Man, every day above ground is a good day. You know, I don't, you know, complaining about life ain't going to make it get any better. So I'm going to, right. you know, hey, listen, you woke man, up this morning. You know, You're doing better than a lot of people, right? Gratitude, right, cool. man. <laughs> no doubt. Listen, this episode, we have a, um, a very special guest. Um, listen, she's doing amazing things. And, and I'm, I'm very glad that we get a chance to talk to her because before I even knew, like, you know, communicated with her on social media, that is, I knew who she was, although she probably had no idea who I was because of YouTube. Right. So um, for those who don't know, I spent an exorbitant amount of time on YouTube. I probably watch YouTube more than regular TV. So like, so like the characters and people, you know, from TV, like, are your thing, but I know like YouTube personalities, probably more so than characters on TV. So I knew who she was. She's doing amazing work. She's building businesses as an investor. Um, she's a six, well, she goes by the six figure YouTube burner. Her channel is the classy climb channel. We have Erica Williams joining us. Erica, how are you? How are you guys doing today? Great. Amazing. How you doing? Amazing. Amazing. Listen, um, like I was saying, I saw your uh, things on your channel literally years ago, right? Um, and that's the power of YouTube because I found someone, you know, who looks like me who's talking business. So I start watching your videos. And the great thing about YouTube is I've actually seen you grow as a business person, right? Just following your channels. And that's one of the, be the beautiful things about YouTube is being able to see that. Mm -hmm. So first of all, congratulations on everything you have going on. Thank you. Thank you. I try to do a little new something every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up so tell us a little bit about your background where are you from so uh the best way to explain it is i am a military kid uh parents both did military mom did 26 years so they got to live in some really cool places uh, my brother got germany and all this other stuff overseas mm -hmm. but by the time we were born uh, we got alaska which was amazing and beautiful place uh a little bit of uh, alabama maryland but mostly north carolina so I, I've just learned to talk to people, make new friends, and and, and adjust to change uh, a lot. Okay, interesting. So um, did you attend college at all? I did. I went to East Carolina University. Go Pirates. Uh, we were a party school. We still, I'm not going to lie. We were on the Playboy Bunny list for like the 18th, uh, number 18 highest party school. And, you know, uh, also on Playboy Bunny list that year, first year I went, they were like, hey, it's eight girls to one guy. So I'm laughing about it. Like, oh, that's that's funny. They put that in the article. The next year, like literally fall, it became like five guys to one girl. Like so many people. <laughs> like it was so crazy because like you can tell the power of media. 
mm-hmm. um, dudes were really like, oh, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to that school. And that's crazy. It, was, it was like, imagine being in class one year as a freshman and it's like a, a, a big classroom of 200. That's like 150 girls, 50 guys. You go to class next year, it's like 100 guys, 100 girls. So it was like a, a culture shock, right? It was like, oh my gosh, like you could do anything, you know? That's so crazy. That's a little crazy. bit of silly, silliness it, there, but yeah, Playboy Bunny used to be very powerful. What was your major in college? Oh my goodness. My major uh, was sociology and business. And and the, the more I got into business, I had a professor, I cannot remember his name, but he was like, hey, go to my next class and I'm going to teach y'all about stocks. I'm going to teach y'all how to trade. I'm going to teach y'all all this stuff because they don't tell me what to do in the next class. So I sign up, right? And this is a way for him to fill up his other class. But I sign up and he teaches us how to trade stocks. Well, I get, you know, and again, this is context. I was working in financial aid office. I was getting like 10 racks every semester. Um, and in East Carolina at the time, school was like a thousand. And so I was getting 10 grand every semester. I'm getting five grand in the summer, free money. Um, Cause my mom was in Iraq and like uh, tribal, tribal money. So anyway, so I'm getting all this money and um, I put like two grand in penny stocks and it came out to eight grand. And I'm like, and then of course I lose like four grand, like two weeks later, but um, <laughs> his class was amazing because I remember there were some girls in there who were from the other side of their tracks from close to where I was from. And I'm all like, Oh, I ain't talking to them. You know, they are from the bad side of town. Those two girls end up uh, learning from his class, went and bought a duplex together, mm. right? Because their their problem was they were getting refund checks, but their parents were poor and wanted the money. So they wouldn't tell them about the money. And they went and bought a duplex. They saved up their refund checks, put them together and bought a duplex. And I remember thinking, man, that was smart. I didn't did nothing but bought a, a Mitsubishi Lancer and go on vacations every every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you know, sitting here telling people, you know, and, and just imagine you in the studio and I'm telling people how they need to be responsible. It's like yeah, and you, you just run, and you just running them up. You just running man, them up. Man, I had a Mitsubishi Lancer. I crashed that thing. I bought another car. I mean, people are like, "Girl, you got money." I'm like, you know, you know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little money in it. You had them old college stimulus checks. Whole stimulus. I mean, and for free. It was like that's why I keep trying to tell people. I'm like, I didn't leave with that. Like, I left for the free 99 because there was just so many um, scholarships that people never apply for. They're just sitting there, and the family you apply for it. The family's so grateful that you apply for their grandma scholarship they put away for that they'll give it to you. They'd be like, "Thank you for applying," you know. Yeah. And you're like, "Okay," you know. I so it, I wonder if it's still like that. I know there's the uh, after oh, it's guy. still like it's that. Right. It is like that. It is. It's called the index. You can go to any college and you can go to any financial aid office and ask for the index. And, um, you know, some schools may call it something different, but it's basically the index. And you'll see like hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of scholarships that, you know, people, you know, they made a little money. They want to give back to their, you know, the alma mater. So they here's a thousand dollars for the semester. And then it just sits there because no kids apply for it. I right? remember what, yeah, so I remember it happens all the time. I remember I was in school and a guy told me he had a um a scholarship. He he actually is the what's the guy's name? I think his name was like Matthew Lesko or something. He used to come on TV with the suit with yep. the uh, question Let's marks, yep. and he would have this big book. And it was a guy who told me he got the book when I was in college. And he said that he had a scholarship for people that wear glasses. And I oh. thought he was lying until he showed me, and I was like, it's a real thing. So, it, it, but the, it's to your point that there's a lot of money out there that people just aren't taking on a year-to-year basis because they don't apply for it. It's just, it's just there, and it's not it's not the school's job to promote it. 
That's that's the yeah. number one thing. It's not the school's job to promote your grandma, Mary, Mary, whoever's scholarship for a thousand bucks to maybe two kids. That's not the school's yeah. job. So it so usually the family, when you initiate things like that, you send like 10, 20 grand for for the next couple of years for the scholarship. So all mm -hmm. of a sudden you got 20 grand that's been sitting there for two, three years, ain't nobody used it. You apply. And it may not even be the major they wanted, but they're just so grateful a kid applied for it that they usually just approve it, stamp approve it. Oh man, that's 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 a gem yeah. right there. That's a gem it, right there. Awesome. So for those out there who are looking for college, make sure you look at all these different grants and programs that are out there as opposed to this like applying for student loans right off the bat. Oh, oh go, straight, go straight to your student loan office and ask for the index. Even go on the website. Sometimes on their websites now they have them where um it's just the index. It's every single scholarship available at the college. Don't let them tell you what which ones they want you to look at. Like tell them you want everything that's ever been endowed to the college, and you can get nice. That's game dope. Yeah, that's game right there. Um, so when you finished with school, uh, what was the first thing you did? Like I, I know I know of what you do now, but what was your first transition right after uh, college? So to keep it one hundred, I always tell people my um, senior year was very difficult. Um, I had to stay an extra year because my grandmother and my father died within six months of each other. Ooh, uh, and my father gosh. died on Christmas day. Ooh. And so like I failed a semester and I got a little inheritance and then I just acted a fool for about four years after that. And I was just like, um, my family was like, Hey, just go in the air force. Cause if you don't know, our family's a very like traditional, everybody serves. It's just the thing we do three, four years. We get out, get GI build. And I just wouldn't do it. I was volunteering with the Red Cross. I'm going over here. I'm uh, serving United Way. And um, eventually I was like working with campaigns in the state of North Carolina. But what I ended up finally doing as the money started dwindling down, I was like, okay, let's get serious. And I started a coffee shop across from a historically black college called uh, Federal State University. And the coffee shop was called Sunset Coffee. Okay. So you went right into business in the, a, a, with a coffee shop. Yeah. And what was crazy is with the coffee shop, I hosted a, a film festival called Sand Hills Film Festival. I was the number one person to this day. They still want to like buy that from me and they can't because I trademarked it. But um, Sand Hills Film Festival I also had hosted a comedian special at my coffee shop. You know, I was mixing ice cream with espresso and the kids would come over and be like man i love your milkshakes and i'll be like no it's not the milkshake you love it's the coffee but um it was a fun thing and, and to this day like all those the people out of the comedy show uh half of them went on to go to la and like be in movies so i actually like enjoyed that whole season of life uh but then the city of fayetteville started tearing up the roads to try to go closer to downtown um kind of fix the traffic in and out of fort bragg so it made it dangerous for students to cross. So like me and three other businesses like went under in that time frame because students couldn't really cross the street, you know, safely. Uh, and what was so crazy, this is the this is the part that's so like you get to see your life before you know it. The, the guy who roasted our beans was a military veteran and he was trying for six months to get me to get an online presence and sell coffee beans on Amazon.com. Mm. But it was so new that I was like, I ain't never heard of that. I ain't doing that. That's crazy. Who buying coffee online? And looking back, if I had did it then, man, we'd be rich on rich yeah. on rich now, right? <laughs> That's a new concept when he was trying to, he was like, hey, I'm working with this other guy. Look what he's doing. He's selling it on Amazon. It's making money. And I was like, I don't understand, right? And it was the beginning of, uh, you know, the four-hour work week, that whole yeah. like, that mindset shift. 
mm-hmm. things online, right? If I had been selling things online, coffee and teas online, I probably would have been stayed open, right? And just had income uh, from the online brand. But, you know, hindsight, yeah. 2020, but it was like, it was the beginning of like, this is the switch of online purchasing. Yeah. And you had a brick and mortar. And one of the things I recognize is people who had brick and mortars is also a, a lot more difficult to get them to do it because they already have the brick and mortar. Um you mentioned something though. You said you trademarked that, right? You trademarked the uh, the name of the festival. Is that what Same you're talking about? Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So what made so that all right? So I want to go back to the that. Reason why is because it was you have the Pinehurst area, and mm-hmm. we sometimes call it the Sand Hills. And at the time, um, it was like several older people had tried to ask me about it, and that's when I was like, oh. It must be valuable to you, so I'm going. I'm gonna go over here and mm. trademark, right? You know, and so uh, even to this day, I think I got like an email maybe two years ago where somebody asked me, could they they use it? Could they buy it from me for like ten grand? I was like, no, just just because you know, just I'm gonna hold on to it for a long time. But um, I don't plan on suing anybody or doing anything crazy. But I just wanted to make it known, like, hey, you can actually you know put your mark on something, and and, and it's yours. It's yours forever. Um, you Man. know, because people sometimes forget about history. They forget that somebody yeah. else started that ideal or started that concept. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting that you trademarked that. So that's powerful. How did you actually, so you talked about not moving right to Amazon when it was approached to you, but how did you get on YouTube so early? Because you can go back on your channel and mm-hmm. you have years and years yeah. of content. You've been, and, and it's also, I'm going to tell you why it's inspirational too, right? So I look at your videos now and you get thousands of views on your video, right? Yeah. You, you, but you can actually go back and see the growth and like I was telling you earlier in your business, but also your channel. Yeah, um, I still got videos with 50 views on. Them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah. I don't take them down because it's important for you to see the. Yeah, absolutely. So, so even with our platform, we do a, we do amazing numbers on our Apple, right? So I, I tell mm-hmm. people looking at our analytics, like 92% of our listeners come from Apple. Apple is just mm-hmm. for whatever reason that's picked up for us. But, you know, me and Corey this past year said, well, let's let's work on our YouTube channel because we have all this content. We don't really use YouTube. So now we're trying to build that YouTube channel out. And I say that to say, like, it was inspiring looking at your channel to see how you took it. And you just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Yeah. What gave you that uh, stick-to-itiveness, for lack of a better term, to just keep going with your YouTube channel? Right. Well, one, I thank my father. He was stubborn, and I have that stubbornness. Um, two... I flipped a coin when I, so I was supposed to get married in North Carolina. And when the whole coffee shop thing closed, some other stuff was going on. And, and then, you know, people, you're like, oh no, this ain't going to work. So I flipped the coin. I said, I'm going to go to Nashville, Tennessee or Austin, Texas. And when I flipped that coin, because every time you move, you gain something new, you gain new experiences, new insight and something. Um, and I'll go into a quote in a second, but and so when I flipped it, I was like, Austin, Texas. And I got down here and within the first 90 days, just so many things were just like, boom, 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 happening for me that I was like, I'm going to start documenting it. And I'm going to show how I'm going to go back to business ownership at some point. Like, I didn't know when, but I was like, oh, this job thing ain't for me. Like, I tried to get back in the matrix and I was like, oh, and every job I'd be at, I'd, I'd try to like improve things or make things faster. And they'd be like, no, 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 just do them how we want you to do them. And it was like, okay, like I just knew I wasn't going to stay in a job for long. Like I couldn't breathe. I'd be like, this is so dumb. Y'all don't want to improve your situation. You know what I mean? And so um, I talk about that because I was going to give this little sci-fi quote is uh, the movie Dune. 
Now, I don't mean none of the remakes and not the new one coming. I'm talking about the classic 1984. 1984 is the best year, right? And they, the guy is talking to his father. He's like, father, like, why are we moving? You know, like, this is a good deal we have here. And he's like, son, when you don't move and you don't change, something inside us sleeps. Mm. And the sleeper must awaken, right? And so the son is 17 in the movie. He's like, okay, whatever. Well, of course, a bunch of stuff happens. And then, you know, he has this, you know, hero journey, of course. And he goes, Father, the sleeper has awakened, right? <laughs> and it's because it's like something in him did awaken when they moved and they fought and they went through challenges. And every time I've moved, something in me has awakened or connect with new people, new environments. And that's, I needed to document it, right? Okay. I needed to document it, not just for me, but for other people. So I have like a bunch of motivational videos and people are like, oh, I remember when you did motivational stuff. And I'm like, I did that for me. I ain't did that for you. I did that for me mm-hmm. um, to kind of encourage myself on the journey. So, Okay. So that, that's how, and you just stuck with it and stuck with it. And what was it, to, um, or, or should I ask you this way? What tips do you have to someone who's just starting a channel out right now? Well, like what so would you for- say is the biggest thing you had to learn in terms of YouTube? Well, so, so here's the thing about YouTube, the algorithm or what I call Skynet is ever changing and you should pay attention to it. Right. Well, first of all, we've already had the first generation of YouTubers kind of go sit down. You've had plenty of people make their millions, been on YouTube 10 plus years and they don't want to sit down. Then I had kids, they don't closed out channels. Um, and so now you're kind of in the second generation. And what I tell people is like my channel, I've done everything wrong on my channel. <laughs> but I still make money every single day because I've set it up like a business. I treat it like a business and I get paid like a business. So if you were to start YouTube today, and if you're one of those people who want to join my class, I'm going to tell you go super niche, but you're still going to need to treat it like a business. See, a lot of people, the days of you just being cute and hopping in front of the camera and you're going to make all this YouTube ads and money, that's over. That's been over, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> the whole fitness, I'm cute, that's over. Like, unless you have... And even a girl right now, Whitney Simmons, she's like one of the biggest in fitness ever. Even she finally had to concede to making drinks, making T-shirts, making brands, making an app, put, you know, products and services. Me just looking at you because you're cute is not going to do anything for us. If you don't have any products to sell, if you don't have an email list, you don't have a business. You have every third party platform eventually performs the same. Those are their customers. Those are YouTube channel, YouTube watchers, not yours. If someone's not on my email list, then they're not my client, right? Yep. Uh, if they haven't bought anything from me, they're just a watcher. If they haven't super chatted or donated to the channel or purchased something, that's not my client. That's not my client. So um, I've done over 6,000 paid phone consultations over the past five years. And I assure you, the power is not in people watching you and hitting the like button. But again, I digress. But that's that's what I would recommend. If you're going to start a channel, be very niche. If you want to change what you're doing, like let's say you're all about credit and you want to start talking about something different, start a whole other channel. Mm-hmm. Because you lose people along the way, right? Just like these fitness girls, when they get married and have a baby and start talking about Christian stuff, like a huge segment of their channel drops. <laughs> a lot of them were just there to look at a cute half-dressed girl, right? Yeah. So, so, so again, you can even watch people now on YouTube transition. Like I can tell you 
from just years of marketing, I'll watch somebody, they'll be a fitness person, they'll get married, then they'll become a Christian person, right? And devotionals and marketing and that stuff. And then they'll become a mommy blogger. And then now their whole channel is about family. But you watch them when they were on fitness. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you'll watch some guy. I mean, Levine, I'm not knocking him, but I'm going to tell him. He had a whole channel like, never marry women. Women are bad. Urgh, women are doing this to you. Found Met an Asian woman, half Asian woman, fell in love with her, started having kids, and now has a family channel that makes millions of dollars. <laughs> and men were literally in the comments for years like, yo, dog, you were saying uh -huh. women. You know, yeah. People, women are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you was MGTOW. What happened to that, right? And so it's this thing of we as people change. Mm -hmm. We progress. Yep. But I'm going to tell you, if you start a channel in this very niche, just start another channel. Yeah. Because the audience that really want to follow you, they'll follow you to another channel. That's a great point. Because right? again, like well, I have other channels I'm working on, um, and I don't say anything yet for the, for the books channel and the other channel because I know as soon as I do, you're going to get a certain amount of audience over there. Yeah, so. I, that's interesting. So, so like you said, and, and I, something I'm taking down too because I'm learning as well is that those aren't your clients or customers; those mm -hmm. are YouTube's. That's that's if that's. You know, a if, you, if I get on the phone with you and I ask you what your email list is, and you say I got one, then you don't have a business. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna give you a prime example. There was a on Facebook. There was a hip hop magazine. It was like in the in the kind of theme of like online magazine, and they got rappers coming in interviewing people. They interviewing. Who's who? Steve Stout, all these people. They got staff. They doing stuff. They started to have an email list, and then one day the Facebook page of three hundred fifty thousand people just went away. Mm. Boom, boom. So they arguing. They're like, "Help us get our Facebook page back. We're trying to sue you to Facebook, and we're trying to do stuff." And people are like, "Well, where's your email list?" Well, we only had like three thousand people on the email list. Ooh. So you yeah. had 350,000 people buying stuff, um, sending in money, advertisers paying you for advertising spots as you interview rappers, and you had 3,000 people on an email list out of 350,000? That's less than 1%. Yeah. Even if I was a big marketing company and I could come and push for you to get your stuff back from Facebook, why would I? That's not enough people. Now, yep, if you told them, hey, I've got an email list of 50,000, 100,000 out of this big, you know, channel, then somebody's going to come fight for you. Prime example, uh, Grant Cardone felt like Facebook was suppressing him. He said, we're going to take all items off Facebook today. If Facebook, somebody from Facebook don't call me and fix my fix my traffic, because I've got like, uh, um, I think he has like 300,000 people and he was getting like 17 likes on his posts. If my traffic ain't fixed today by five o'clock, we're taking everything off Facebook today. We will never spend another dime on ads. Tell you why his, his traffic went magically back up to 500, 1,000 likes. <laughs> All of a sudden it switched. The leverage. The leverage. The leverage. Yeah, so, that's that so, leverage. You know, people, when people try to talk to me about their buyers list and their this, I'm like, oh, how many people on your list? If you ain't got nobody mm -hmm. on there, you, you don't have any leverage. So. Yeah, great point. Those are all great points. And, and, and again, uh, yeah, so I've, I've seen you transitioning to the point now, where, like, you know, you're in the trucking and, you know, real estate and, and all sorts of investments. Um, So 
you talked about that class that you had in college. Like, was that mm-hmm. class what, what really like opened your eyes up to this world or was there something you already yeah. wanted to do? Life, life, <laughs> right? So um, there, life, right? So a little bit of history. Our family at one point in time had a lot of land, doing well. Grandpa had a juke joint and a farm. And then life in 1980s took, took some of that shine off, right? Took some of that old money uh, theme off. And, and to clarify what old money really means, because people think old money means money forever. Old money in the South really means you have a lot of land. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of times people old money are church. Uh, they call them church mouse poor, land rich, right? Got a lot of <laughs> land, but what can you do with the land? Because <laughs> you ain't got no money, right? Um, and then, the, you know, but watching my first job with my cousin, my cousin came back from Kosovo. He did a contractor, overseas contractor, came back. He had, he opened a dollar store. Now, not a franchise, straight up bought every shelf, went, had this catalog from China, buying items, toys, products, everything, filled the whole store up and is running an independently made dollar store. And that was my first job. And being there, I was like, he created this mm-hmm. just from having cash and could go look in the catalog and buy all these products and services. Right. So for me, the sky is the limit, right? Anything's possible. You can do anything, right? And it, it, you can do anything if you know the right people or you know what you need to do in order to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, so from then on, I mean, just my grandma, our family, uh, just seeing how all my family members, even though they, they are very security focused, a lot of military nurses, uh, they never stopped buying real estate. Never stopped buying little cheap houses, little cheap properties, little cheap trailers, I'm just adding and collecting because that's how you live well long term. Got you. Got you. <laughs> and, and and I see now you're like really making moves in the trucking business. What was it about that business that um made you want to parlay into that? And how's it going? Uh, it's just paper. No. <laughs> so so for me, um, ultimately, what I want people to remember me as is a just a business owner, a business investor. Um, trucking's going well. But trucking is not the end all be all. I've said this probably all year long that all roads lead to real estate. Right. So I'm in trucking. But what do I notice while I'm here? Okay, the money I'm pouring out thousands of dollars in repairs. Okay, the money I'm pouring out for parking, the money I'm pouring out for, you know, moving drivers around hotels and all that stuff. And immediately the light bulb goes back off. Ding, ding, ding. We need land. We need truck parking. We need a truck repair place and we need a hotel. Well, I had um, one of my YouTubers that watches this channel, watches my channel. They like for a year talked me up to some owners and was like, hey, I know this girl wants to buy this place. No one, they didn't tell me nothing. I mean, I literally met <laughs> him this year in January. And he was like, yeah, here's your place. I get there. They shake my hand like, so you the new owner? I'm like, <laughs> what? And so I tell people it's really good to have people speak highly of you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Yep. And so this is an eight. I call it Texas Ground Zero. It's 18 acres. It's 15 acres in the back. Um, out of the 15 acres in the back, we're going to have 344 truck parking spots. We're going to have three or four food trucks in the front. Um, the truck repair shop is the owners. One of the owners is probably going to stay on longer than the other and help us transition that um, business to be more productive. Because if you got 344 trucks parking at any given time, 10 percent of those people are going to want some kind of service. Right. Mm-hmm. So it'll keep the actual shop busy. Uh, we'll also have, you know, tires and uh, truck wash and 
uh, a healthy little food spot and, you know, Western Union inside. Um, if you need a Western Union money and Wi-Fi all over the place, laundromat facilities. And the reason I'm doing that and getting a really good deal at owner financing rates, which is great. The reason I'm doing that is because I realized, okay, I'm paying 140 bucks for parking and there's no parking anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about 10 plus trucks getting 140 bucks per truck. And I'm just doing the math on that every month, adding that up. Okay. Then I'm talking about repairs on average or truck repairs, a thousand to $5,000 every time you go through that bad boy. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing the math that all rose lead the real estate, right? Um, even, even trailer rental, right? Having the trailer that carries the cargo is a business all in itself. Right. So some of the government contracts that I was trying to acquire, they were like, do you have 10 to 15 trailers that you can leave at this facility and you just keep rotating, picking them up? And I'm like, no, I don't have that many. Mm -hmm. All roads lead to real estate. You need land to park the excess trailers. You need land to park your trucks. You need land to do many things. And so I'm hoping in this transition, um, people will notice what I'm doing and I'll, I'll, I'll be very vocal about it. Because the first, the second 3PL we worked with stole $60,000 from us. Oh. Yeah. So so you're talking about me taking a hit last year on that. Then me getting this year and doing authority, having to replace four truck engines all around the same time. Uh, and so, like, I have plenty of thoughts on trucking. But, again, it's just a business mm -hmm. that gets you to your ultimate business. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, absolutely. You do, I like that. All roads lead yeah. to real estate. You know, I heard, Kiyos I heard Kiyosaki say one time, he said, the only reason to do business is to buy more real estate. He said, <laughs> he said, every other business is just to buy real estate. He said, my books are just for a way for me to buy more real estate. Every business I do yeah. is to buy more real estate. Grant Cardone too. I mean, so, so part of like looking back, I can tell people, you know, just even with conversations, I think back to my grandma and all these other people, like, get your land, right? You know, I'm trying to paraphrase what I remember saying, but the end of the day, the land is so vital. Important. You know, like when I, when I make jokes about reparations, reparations with people, I'm going, I just want my 40 acres and a mule. You know how <laughs> vastly important 40 acres is at this point, mm -hmm. right? Um, they could even give us 40 acres in the middle of another state, like Nevada, Arizona. It still would be valuable more than cash money. Yeah, People don't absolutely. understand that. I'm going to leave that alone, but I just want people to think on that. You know what I mean? 40 acres. Yeah. And I want the mule too while I'm at it, but um, <laughs> no, I got you. Know, you. I'll, I'll cash out people's mules. Right. So the, what I want people to understand from this whole process is all paper. Like I wrote the small for smartphone millionaire book because I want you to understand that like a LLC is just a piece of paper, you know, all this stuff, a business is just a piece of paper. It's and that's a good book, by the way, because I, I actually, I own it. I got your book. I read it. It's a thank good you, book. Thank uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Smartphone. Yeah, so, you know, and, even the title is when we get a smartphone. Who doesn't want to make money from their smartphone, right? And we live in an amazing yeah, time in 2020. Yeah, a computer in your hand. Half the time, people out here on this phone looking at just mess all day, mess. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> like you got to think about it. We got kids on these phones creating apps, recording TikToks, going viral, and all kind of stuff. But that's just it. They have a whole computer in their hand and they don't know. And that's why mindset is also so important. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I think your parents are your first teacher and school is just supplement. School's just the additive. And people don't understand that. Like 
School's just an additive. Half the people that, if you look at school now, people remember half of what they heard. They weren't even actively listening. Yep. So, yeah. so, so what do you actively listen to and, and study every day? Your parents, your family, your environment. You study those things. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I know that. I know that firsthand because I have a two-year-old. So, like, I, I I know exactly how that how that goes because. All my two-year-old does is say and do exactly what my Gosh. older two kids do and and then repeats all the curse words that I say when they do. <laughs> so I, I know exactly. You have so much passion when you say your cuss word. They're like, oh, I need to know that word. Yeah, when I cuss at the older two, the youngest one, he, now he walking around saying it, you know, to his little Saying it to them? Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's saying it to his two-year-old friends. Like, shut the hell up. <laughs> but I, but, 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 that, but I know your statement rings true because I'm 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 watching it. I'm living it. So I know your statement is absolute facts. Yeah, that's that's I, I all, all like, Watching my mother every every so she military pay right. They get first and the fifteenth. I'd see her sit down with this green accounting notebook. I mean, it's like I can see it right now in my clothes. And she would open it up, write out her, this is how much I'm getting deposited to my bank from the government. This is how much my bills are. This is when they're due. And just dot, 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 to a T. And so I remember living in this neighborhood, which, which we still live there. And it had, we had a house on a lake, you know, three bedroom, three bathrooms, two car garage, you know, lake, big yard, huge. And neighbors were like, how that divorced woman living over here? She must be getting alimony. She must be getting all this other stuff. And my mom would say, if two adults in their house can't figure out how they how to live over here, then that's not my problem, right? That's <laughs> yeah. People count my pockets, right? But what was what made me realize that is they weren't disciplined. They're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how one person could make it over here. And it's just the fact that they just their money wasn't put together. They weren't writing it down. Even now, when I get stressed about something, even if I have a bunch of bills coming, I'll just stop and I'll write them all down and look at it and go, okay, well, that's not too bad. But it's from that imprint of watching my mother every first and the 15th, like clockwork. That's amazing, right? So even myself personally, like I, I, I have to write things down because sometimes even if you're stressed out about it, like it could be bill, whatever it may be, when you write it down, it's something about it, it makes you feel better, like just to be able to look at it. Whatever, whatever that is, like when you're trying to plan something out, whatever it is, you have to write things down. Writing down your goals is powerful. Um, at the beginning of the year, every time I write down my goals or every time I have a new goal and I write it down, it does something for me just being able to write it down. So I think that's a, that's another great gem about just writing things down. Um, so now you have all these businesses and, um, you, you, you know, you, and I like what you said, too. It's all paper. So all these businesses are nothing. It's just paper. Right. And I think that's interesting. But um, the future of your business, are, are there other things that you're looking to get into um, or just do more of what you're already doing? What's the future look like uh, for what you got going on? So so 100 um, percent. What I tell people is I do a lot of this, but I do have plans to exit. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to get me my modern little farmhouse out here. I'm going to get me these babies. I'm getting married. I'm going to wrap that up. Right. And live well, right? Live well. Most of what my goals are at this point is getting this project done and getting a hotel out there. Um, 
probably getting an probably getting a certain number of properties in Cleveland, Detroit, and the Carolinas for my personal, mm-hmm. right? And Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Um, there's a number I have in my head, but we'll see how it, how it fleshes out over the next five years. Because I tell people, if you just buy one house a year for the next 10 years and you look around, you're doing better than 95% of everybody you know. Yeah. Yep. Just yep. one house. I'm not even talking about extravagant, multiple, you know, hundreds of houses. I'm just talking about one house a year. Absolutely. That That's why the first one is the most important one. Like, and that, that's another great point that I bring up all the time. You don't need um, a thousand doors, right? I've seen people live amazing lives with just five properties, but the fact is they have those five properties and you know, they, they, they work them. So it, it, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. And it all depends upon, again, what you said earlier was your discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if you're disciplined, you can do anything. Yeah. I mean, and, and, the, and the reason I say one house a year is like you as a person are going to change over 10 years. So your, your income, your needs, your wants adjust. And the funniest thing I used to see as a real estate agent and like talking to friends, they have these couples who are like 40s, kids about to get out of the house and go to college. And they're like buying this massive house because they're like our kids and our future. And they're like, but in two, three years, these kids are going to be all gone to college. Why are you Mm -hmm. buying the most biggest house possible when you got a bunch of 15 year olds in your house? Right. Because sometimes people are playing catch up. Right. They had that dream and idea when the kids were two, but they finally got their money now and they're 15 and they want to show the kids that they got that money. And they, you know, um, yeah. and, yeah. you know, if you look at a lot of studies, basically the number one time frame that people become investors of real estate and business creation are 35 to 55. The average hmm. first time business owner is 44 to 48 year old white male who's married and his wife works and he starts a low tech business. Okay. And so what happens at 35 to 55? You start hitting, getting hit with that reel. How much things cost? How much, how much more money? How many more cars do you need? How many more vacations do you need? How many more boats do you need? You start getting real with the numbers of like, oh, my mom and my grandma may need help. My grandparents may need to be taken care of. My kids are going to need future college suspenses, right? For people Mm -hmm. who are like millennials, we're starting to have kids on the backside of the 30s, right? We're going on the 30s going down, right? So now the yeah. numbers are different. The numbers That's are different, right? Uh, 55 right now, if you're a Gen X, is anybody who's 40 to 59 years old. God bless you. Anybody who's Gen X, I, I pray for you because y'all ain't got it easy, okay? Um, especially in this economy and the pan- fact that you're taking care of baby boomers, and then you might have some millennials moving back in your house after college. Everybody <laughs> 23 to 39. Yep. So, yep. so you're really a squeeze generation if you're a Gen X. And I'm, I'm like, God bless you. Right. And so in those moments, that's why people are now looking so hard to invest. Like I used to think my audience was 22 year olds. Well, then I started doing inventory of my audience. My audience were people 32 to 50 years old. And that was because it got real. The math. Most of my consulting calls for a while were men who were like, hey, I'm 50 and I'm tired of being a security guard. I'm 50 and I'm tired of driving trucks. I'm 50 and I'm tired of doing this. I ain't saved mm-hmm. nothing, but I'm really ready to change it today. And I go, you know what, sir? It ain't too late. That's OK. Guess what we're going to do? We can either buy one property a year for the next 10 years and then you'll be 60. And you'll have probably more rental income than all your friends. 
Yep. And you'll be just fine. I like that approach because yeah. it's not it's not like um, you, you know you're telling someone tomorrow to go you know um, spend X amount of dollars. You're like take it take it take your time. Just one per year. The ask is one per year. Mm -hmm. um, take care of yourself and then take care of your future. Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned the hotel. You're working on a hotel right now. So on the property, the 18 acres I'm talking about, where we have that those trucks, we're, we're yeah. going to probably design a small scale hotel and that'll be for truckers. Because, you know, you can send your truck just about any time unless when they do engine work. So yeah. if it's a serious engine repair and just sometimes you want to get out of the truck and take a shower. Um, that's part of the point of having that hotel kind of be a one stop truck stop that like entertains people. Plus the area where we're at. There's no hotel for 10 miles. You have to literally wow. go all the way back to a whole nother like city, literally a whole nother city gotcha. to the hotel. And so, um, you know, depending on how this first one works out, I'm definitely going to try to go around the corner and buy this other piece of land right off the highway and build a like get a Marriott, like a real hotel hotel. Um, nice. Because, you know, if you look at Nahoop, it's NAB Hood. Essentially, it's the National African American Hotel Buying, whatever. Uh, group association that meets every year. Marriott and Hilton and all these companies, they've been trying to address the uh, inequality out here, like doing different programs for minority owners. Well, who answers the call? Mm -hmm. Who answers the call? I, I, yeah, that's a good point because I know Indian that um, Amer Indian Americans answered the call. Yeah, I know Bob Johnson had went through a couple of those programs. He had a couple of hotels uh, for his REIT that, that, that you know, mm -hmm. um, when, when he sold BT, that's what he did. Um, man, you have so many, like, things going on, like, you know, um, between yeah, the I, mean, I, really don't know. I always tell people it, it seems like it is, but it really ain't. <laughs> well, you know, what it is? You, you, you create things and, like, you know, because and that's the beauty of, like, um, you know, creating things that'll last forever. Like, for instance, your 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 smartphone, uh, your, you know, your book, your smartphone millionaire. I forgot about it till you brought it up, and I actually read the book. I'm like, that that's you too, right? That's you too. You still have your course for YouTube, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have like 15 courses. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, so where, go ahead. Where where do you house all your courses at, so we can make sure we send people uh to your towards your courses? So um, it's on Thinkative. Uh, it'll be like the classy climb hq.com. Um, I think mm -hmm. the staff is fixing some redirected links today, but it's on Think of This. You can see it on any time I post anywhere uh, in the comment section or the descriptions under all my videos. Uh, that was my first natural funnel was people watch the videos, click the link, boom, go. Right. And so I had talked about tax liens, a really big part of that. I talked about, um, you know, using your laptop to create businesses. I talked about, you know, creating an investment group or, uh, you know, creative fund with other people. Uh, I have several courses, but but the reason I bring those up is I kept answering the same question over and over and over, and I just packaged that information the best I could, and in a way that was interactive with people and put it in a course, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it's about time. It's about time. You, 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 yeah. That's the, that's that leverage. But that's the great thing you created one time and it's there. Um, um, a couple more questions before we get you out of here. I, I know that you um also were raising capital. Speaking of investment groups. Um, how did that work out for you? Uh, because we've heard horror stories and we know people that have been able to pull it off. Um, Look, how's that man. working out for you? <laughs> I ended up raising like 1.9 mil or something to that effect. And I manage like $2.2 .2 million in assets right now. What I tell people is vet, 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 <laughs> and make the, the entry point higher. So let me put it this way. I have people who have invested a hundred grand with me. 150 grand, mm -hmm. money on money, right? 
I barely hear from them. I don't even, I, I would have to chase them down and be like, hey, how you doing? Where you at? Hey, you know what I mean? And, and have you been to the weekly meetings, the monthly meetings once a month? I have people invest five grand and they're like, hey, 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 what we doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? And you're like, baby, chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and so you have to vet, you have to be super transparent. You have to have a lot of communication, almost over communicate. And you have to be educating people to see if they're the right people to work with you. Mm. Not everybody needs to work with you. Not all money is good money. Right. Um, point in being, I've been in business for over seven years. Right. Uh, whether it's YouTube and consulting and all this stuff. And I know the cyclical seasons of business and things take time. And sometimes things need to be on pause and you wait a little bit. Everybody's not in that. Most people go to work every two weeks. They better get a paycheck and it better be in their hand. It better be ready. It better be direct deposit. Right. The drivers, yeah. drivers are trained to get a check every Friday because the industry has trained them that every Friday you need a check. So let's say you direct deposit and it hits their account at 10 a.m. They call you at 915 like why it ain't here. Right. And so you have to, <laughs> you have to realize when you raise funds, what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. And you have to be very, very, very clear of realistic expectations, right? Because the problem is people see these numbers, man, they see these numbers and they think, oh my God, they're making so much money in trucking. But the more I got into trucking, the more I started talking to people, really understanding how these businesses run, the businesses run off credit, a lot of them. Right. Um, a lot of times these businesses would if they got two or three or four trucks running, banks are throwing money at you because deposits are just coming every single day. And those people do what they in turn buy land, buy parking, um, um, buy all this other stuff. Right. Got you. With the trucking business. So that's why I keep telling y'all all roads lead the real estate, because the more big, heavy hitters I kept meeting in trucking. You know, their family would be in trucking for 50 years and you'd go, wow, well, how's trucking been? Oh, trucking's been crappy. But I we take all the money we make out of it and invest in land over here. Yeah, oh, yeah, I got you. Trailers and we rent them out to people or we own a bunch of trucks and we rent them out to people. Does, do you follow where I'm going with this? Yep, yep. Yeah. I totally get you. I, I talked to uh, like Pocky from Hoodie States, Hoodie States, and he was saying that um, that's what they do with their money from trucking. They use it yeah. to buy real estate. You yeah. know what I mean? They use it to buy real estate. So yeah. that 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 makes perfect sense. That makes perfect well, sense. So I always want people to have that transparency as they watch me and they watch this experience. And I'll do a big in-depth some kind of video maybe next year or something like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of give my two-year review because businesses aren't in a snapshot of like, oh, well, one month they didn't do great, so I'm quitting. That's yeah. not really how that works. But people don't understand that unless you educate them and train them. And, um, I'll, you know, I'll show people, hey, my digital side of my business you know, for three months this year, I had a struggle with three different businesses. Three of my businesses were like in a struggle mode. The money I made from YouTube came over and rescued all three of those businesses. Nice. I had to loan money from one company to the other. So when I tell people like the power of YouTube and prime example, if you see a video with a thousand views, that person's in the top 10 of YouTube. Now, immediately you're like, what? 90% of all videos on the whole YouTube platform get less than a thousand views. So if you get a thousand and one views on your video, you are in the top 10% of YouTube. That's interesting. 
So when people be comparing their videos to somebody like a Graham Stephan or someone who the algorithm is clearly pushing, because that does happen, mm-hmm. that has millions of views, like, oh my God, he has millions of views. Ty Lopez on his non-ad boosted videos only has like 100,000 views. Think about that. Ty yeah. Lopez, that was everywhere. His videos mm-hmm. that have no ad spin on them have 75,000 to 100,000 views. So beating yourself up for having 3,000 or 4,000 views is crazy. And it's disrespectful to your audience. That's true, too. That's true, too. Listen, you, you, you're giving us so many gems. Like I'm, I'm actually learning from you as we speak, right? So one thing you said that, um, and I'm, I'm going to uh, hold this with me, is about like when you raise capital to raise the, raise the amount, right? That sticks with me because I just read an article this week. I was telling Corey about this like yesterday. Um, it was talking about Warren Buffett and it talks about his A shares of Berkshire. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that he never wants to like, you know, do a split and keep the, the share price as high as possible is because the level of investor it attracts. So yeah. with his with his A shares, he's able to like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of communicate and have a certain relationship because everybody's not shilling out three hundred thousand dollars for one share of a company. Yep. Um you know, so that kind of reminded me of that when you said, uh, you know, uh, make that price a little higher. Yep. Make that price a little higher. I'll put it to you this way. I'm in eight other investment clubs and one's an apartment investment club. And you can't you can't invest for less than 50K. You nice. can't. OK, now here's the thing. Um, you don't get your first payout for one of the investments they have for six months, nine months. Imagine someone giving somebody 50K and know they ain't going to get a payout for six months to nine months. Some people will lose their mind. That's mm-hmm. not right. Right. So uh, another example, I invested in cacao, which is, is chocolate, in Belize, and I invested in coffee in Panama. You don't get money back for five years mm-hmm. till they harvest. And the other one for three years till they harvest. People yeah. hear that and go, oh, 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 I'm not doing that. Yeah, I know, which which is funny because you hear a lot of times when like um you know people who have got in like before a company goes public, and everyone says like I want to be able to do that, and then I'm, I tell them like they had that money tied up sometimes for a decade, <laughs> sometimes for a decade. That money's tied up. Yeah, like you know, so so I get your point. I get your point. That's hey, amazing. Can you can you tie three million dollars up for five years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's that's amazing. Listen, uh, another thing I tell people is. Everybody wants to get on a jet stream that's already rolling, a train that's already going. They want to get on that train. But if you ever talk to people about starting businesses, they give up so quickly. They're like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, that's too much because they don't they don't have that endurance. They haven't built up that muscle. Right. So I have this whole like course I worked on, but I never released it because it was like starting a business in 72 hours because people think it's more than that. You could literally start. I've seen people this week. Go online, go on Facebook, create a free free Facebook business page, have have a food delivery service. They cook it in their house. They take really great pictures. Do you want this plate of food? Venmo me. Boom, 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 boom. Put your, your, your name, your address, and we'll deliver it on Tuesday at from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. at your house. And, and, and sold out. Sold out. Sold out for the whole week. So so what happens is people put all this additional time on stuff and, oh, I got to make my website look pretty and I got to do this and I got to all these things don't matter. Talking to someone, having a sale, boom, done. 
asking for the money. This is and this is this goes in life and this goes in relationships. You have this whole big sea of people like, oh, I don't even know why dating so bad. You have to go to someone in their face and ask them for a date. Oh, I can't do that. I got to watch them for a while. I got to observe them online. I got to see they pictures from five years ago. I got to um, I got to ask them what's their personality scale and, and did they take this test? Stop. That's insane. Go into that person. And like this one guy said, I got to get to know her before I go on a date. Baby, that's what a date is for. <laughs> is Take to action. Know them. So you see the hesitation there. And, I, and I'm a big believer. The hesitation you have in one part of your life goes into other parts of your life. So you see how many Americans are in like paralysis to even talk to another person. So now you're going to try to get them to get a business started. That's how I know most people don't stay at a job. And I'm okay with that. I just want yeah. them to get the best job that pays the most money for them. Mm-hmm. And even if you are at a job, guess what? You still can invest. You still, yeah. you still, you still can learn to invest. Even in the investing side of things, if some person all they have is they five thousand dollars and they give you that five grand, they're gonna be watching it like a hawk. I need this five grand to make miracles. Like people keep thinking they're gonna take five grand and flip it to a hundred thousand. It's like it's like I, I don't know why, but even in our community, I feel like it's turned up on a hundred. Like, trust me, there's lots of white kids who act the same way and think they're going to flip money and stuff. But in our community, it's like, I'm going to take a thousand dollars and I'm going to make a meal with it. You're like, babe, what are you? Yeah. Stop. Like it's investing yeah. habit. It's a, it's a habit. Just like when you go every Friday, eat pizza, it's a habit. When you go to the gym twice a week. It's a habit. All these things are habits, and so is investing. So That's if you nice. one Hail Mary investment, you're going to go crazy looking at it like, why isn't it making me more money? Why isn't it doing more? Why? I went to lunch the other day with somebody who has 17 businesses. Now, if you hear these people on the screen, is, y'all, y'all doing too much, you're doing too much. This man has 17 businesses. He is mm-hmm. Systems and people work those businesses, and they just let him know the the P and L at the end of the day. That's it. P and L for the end of the month. He ain't over there. He ain't making phone calls. He ain't running the place. He has people in place that do it, and it what it does is what it does. Because he has actual businesses. See, people that are entrepreneurs think they're business people. They're not business people. They are. They are. They they have a job, but they created their own job. They're not actual business people. Cash flow quadrant. That's the that's that's, that's the cash flow quadrant. That's the business. Systems are the business that you if you're if you don't have systems, you're not a business owner. You're an entrepreneur, and no matter how much money you're making, you might be the greatest entrepreneur in the world. You're still trading time for money, and your man who has seventeen businesses understands that. That's why he can have seventeen businesses. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I'm so, I, I, that you 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 said it you said it all right there. Go ahead. Yeah. So last thing, last couple of things before we get you out of here, I gotta ask you this question. Um, in terms of your journey, right? So you took us back to the beginning, um, to now, you know, where you're doing all these amazing things. I want to know what has been the biggest hurdle or the biggest thing that you had to overcome in your journey to get you where you are now. Something that you maybe had to work on yourself, or something that you realized along the way realizing sadly that you could be a daggone genius, which I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm a highly tested person, but I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like you could be a genius, but because you don't look a certain way, people will just, just toss it. 
They they don't even hear you, right? So I remember going to like 20 banks and I had this bank book. It was a skill that was taught to me by um, a company out of Memphis. Their family had bought thousands of properties with it. And I was going to bank and these white men would be like, who showed you this? Who showed you this book? I'm like, I put it together. Well, who showed it to you? Or they go, who sent you over here to this bank? Who sent you? And I would laugh because I go, that's how silly our society is. It has to look a certain way. We won't, we won't touch it. Right. Another thing is when I was doing this trucking this whole past two years, I would call places to go pay the bill. I mean, literally pay the bill. And they go, hey, we want to speak to your husband. Uh, hey, wow. we want to speak to Eric Williams. Is Mr. Wow. Eric Williams there? And I go, on the paperwork, can't you see my name is Erica Williams? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you physically, like, can't you see? That that's Erica Williams, right? And um, even on, I was working on uh, getting finance from this one truck getting repaired. And this company was like, well, do you have any back child support? Do you have any blah, blah, blah? And I was like, these are extremely code-laden racial work. Like, basically, I'm hearing, you know, if I really want to go there, racist questions mm-hmm. being disguised as financial industry questions. That's crazy. So what I would tell people is um, you have to really prepare yourself to be taken aback in some of these conversations with certain industries. And that's how part of part of me being there, like even the conversations I would have with drivers where people didn't have bank accounts, where people didn't have just the basics of life in order. I for me, I just realized how far removed I was or I just realized like classism became more real. As mm-hmm. I dealt with my businesses, just seeing the things people were doing and saying, you're like, who taught you to act like that? Who taught you to do that? Who, who's <laughs> you? I'm for real. Like, I'd be yes. like, I mean, I remember talking with this one white man in, at a bank and he was just like, and I was, we were having this conversation and he was like, well, I know, I know, ma'am, you're probably from a family that does way better than those other people. And I was like, wow. Dude. Like he just slid it right on in the conversation. Like it wasn't even a thing. And and I was like hearing it, but not hearing it. Like, did he just say something? Yeah, listen, <laughs> yes. I, I've actually I had yes. an out of body. Like, listen, I had an experience with a, with a bank where a guy told me, like, you know, going through everything, like, oh man, you know, you're a credit to your race. And I sat there because I, I, it didn't hit me right away because he was trying to give me a compliment. Terrible compliment. But yeah. I'm like, he doesn't realize that's not a compliment. What do you do? Like, you know, like, so I, man, but that's, that's crazy that you, that, you know, uh, can I speak to your husband? That one's, that's insane. That's insane. That was in 2020. Or I would call so, but still. Yeah. Or the, when I got financed for one of my personal trucks, um, not one in the investment group, but a personal one, the guy was like, well, honey, go ahead and tell me who you buying this for. And I go, what are you talking about? He's like, who are you buying this truck for? Are you buying it for your boyfriend? Are you buying it for your, or your husband? Who are you buying it for? And I was like. And this is a bank, y'all. And I'm like, no. Wow. Well, you don't have no CDL. I said, I don't have to have a CDL. Well, ma'am, most people who buy trucks have CDLs. I said, sir, 15% of the industry is owners who don't have CDLs. So what you're telling me is a lie. What you're telling me is discriminatory because 15% of the industry are just truck owners. You can't tell me, Mr. Old, uh, this old white guy I know who owns a trucking company, he has a CDL. He don't have one. He don't have one. Mm, man. So that's, that's... what you're doing is discriminatory. And so there's a lot of stuff I'd love to talk about in trucking and like the industry. Yeah. 
the, the banking. But for now, <laughs> I'm yeah, I mean, no, oh, man. Listen, thank you for sharing that, though. Thank you for, for sharing sure, that because sure. you know that, that that's important to like, just talk about. It for me, that you need to. The reason I work, like people, are like, oh, I, I never raise money, Eric. I would never do that. Every other race of people does it. Every other, anytime I've talked to any capital companies, they've just gone around and talked to their each other and their friends. Yep. Period. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta learn to trust Period. each other and work with each other. We have to, we have to. Um, so last question I have for you is this, uh, give you a book or a couple books that have inspired you along your journey. What's your favorite book or maybe not favorite book, something that's inspired you. Hmm. I think, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, the Clashville Quadrant, when I read it so many moons ago was so better than every other book. I was like, why are y'all talking about his other book? That sucks. Say, we say that on every episode. Like, listen, every, everybody yeah. loves Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But to me, oh, what? Cash Project, well, to me, it's because it hit me in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I started recognizing things from that book. Like, you know, even what Corey was just saying about the difference between, you know, being a business owner and, and being self-employed. So I agree with you there. So, so that one, because it was like, your family can only give you advice from the position of where they are. Right. Even my friends who are all here in tech, like they had done so well from 22 to 32 in tech. Why don't why don't you just get in tech, too? And you'll do well, too. But that's the only thing they can give you advice wise. All your married friends, all they're going to tell you is you need to just go get married. Right. Because that's the advice they have. You know what I mean? That's you have to really take mm-hmm. inventory of who's talking to you and where they're talking to you at. Prime example, uh, like what Greg Cardone is telling you, hey, you need to uh, mm-hmm. you need to get in departments and da da da. Okay, he's talking from a person, a person who owns apartments and it benefits him to own apartments. Everybody you talk to under a hundred grand loves living in a house. Mm-hmm. Loves living in a house, want their kids raised in a house, want the American dream. So you, you have to realize when someone's giving you advice, you have to take an inventory of where they're speaking to you at and what position. Right. And mm-hmm. it even goes with what I was saying. Something the biggest hurdle for me was watching men. And this is no knock. I'm not no super feminist or nothing like that. Watching men who were underqualified and they were qualified with just their ego go out, speak, talk, and raise money. Mm. Got you. It looked a certain way. Part of like, even this year, like, um, I remember this, I was at this event and um, this woman was raising money. And I'll be honest, the woman was way overweight. She was way overweight. And I was, I was thinking anything about that, but I remember one of the guys at the table at the lunch and I was talking to was like, well, she's not even in control of herself. Why would I invest with her? Dang, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so just reinforce people are looking at you. Okay. Do they look a certain way? Are they a man? Are they put together? You know, um, prime example, I drive and it's, and it's, it's for a reason I'm doing it. In a, I'm going to do a whole video while I'm doing it, but I'm driving this 2017 Ford Fiesta that's paid off for a long time. I've been driving it and people are like, why are you driving this car? Why are you like, they're so like, Erica, get you a truck, get you this, get you that, get you this. Because in their mind, they cannot reconcile someone who's making all this money driving a reasonable car. Because if I were you and I was making money, I would be driving a Lambo, a slingshot, mm-hmm. a this. A, a, a you know a muscle car yeah. and that shows you how trained we are in america to buy crap first yep i gotta buy a car first because if i have the car i'm successful i yep. gotta look good with the with the shirt i gotta have the abs because then that shows i'm successful so you have a lot of people out here who are 
on the outside, dressing up beautifully, dressing in the best and have nothing going on. Yep. Nothing. Yep. So shout out to the uh, Millionaire Next Door. That was a book that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that the Millionaire Next Door told you right there. That, that That's not how, you know, it generally is. Well, so, yeah. even, I mean, even when I was delivering pizzas, I was working a job that was making 60 grand a year and I was delivering pizzas in the afternoon because I was like, I was like, oh, I got to have this extra money so I could go buy, buy a real estate, buy a piece of property. So I'm working, 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 and I'm paying off debt and I'm working. And I would go deliver pizzas to million dollar houses here in Austin, Texas. And the houses would be huge and there'd be Toyota Camrys out front. Yep. I'd go over to these raggedy D, I'm talking about 1980s, roaches in the, in the place, old wood raggedy stairs, 1980 apartments, and there's full of BMWs and 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 Mercedes Benzes and um and they're ordering pizza can only tip two dollars and like <laughs> yeah and so I you, know, you've seen it you've seen I, it it's not just a book so you've seen it yeah. um so I would say the audiobook version of Millionaire Next Door is better than the book uh the guy who actually T R Hecker if you go on mm -hmm. Audible and hear them talk it's super powerful I think it's way more powerful than the book and he talks about just investing and and you know. Are you a warrior or a warrior? You know, it's it's um, much more powerful in the audio version. And the last but not least is the four-hour work week. I think Ferris. the best question, yeah, Tim Ferriss, who now lives in Austin, Texas. Woo-woo. Um, the best part of that book was, if something happens to you tomorrow, can you downsize? Can you delegate it away? Can you go sit down, right? Um, I had my appendix go out. And when my appendix went out a couple years ago, I mean, I'm crawling into the ER and they're and they're such dummies. They're like, oh, she probably got food poisoning. And I'm like, what? So finally, a doctor goes and looks. And he's like, no, her appendix is about to burst. But all the people that could do surgery have left the hospital. So we're going to just drug you up and wake you up in the morning and, and do surgery. Then. And I couldn't do anything for about a month and a half. And just sitting back and watching like dividend stocks and my lending club notes and all this other stuff, just keep on getting paid. It was like, bing, bing. That's the light bulb. Can you sit down and still survive? If yeah. something goes massively wrong, can you make it? And, and can you build a business that runs without you? There's so many people who, who love a job. Like, let me be very clear. There is a huge part of our population. I would even say 90%. They love the safety, security of getting up every day, knowing what they're going to do, their tasks, and they're going to get paid on next Friday. They love that. Mm -hmm. They love it. Yeah, they're talking about all this entrepreneurs on the internet, but 90% of us love the safety, security of building something. It ain't got to be for us, but they just want to be building a part of building something. That's why yeah. people like working at startups and all this other stuff, because they're building something, right? So, so use that to your advantage. You know, 90% of us love having a consistent paycheck. Use that to your advantage. Even now with COVID, these people are like, oh my God, I got to go home, but I still got to work. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Right. Um, and I told people for years now that one in four women, I think more than that, I think half of women are going to go home in the next five years. And everybody's like, Erica, that's so, that's so silly. These women out here doing this and that. And I said, listen, the math is not in your favor. Mm -hmm. You know, um, child care is the cost of $3,000 for people. If the average woman in America is making $3,000 a month, why would she pay that and go to work? Yep. She's going to go home. Now, you just had COVID tested out. 
where 40% of childcare centers are closing or permanently closing because their women can't come to work because <laughs> they have kids. So yep. you have this reset happening and people are, um, there's this book I was working on. I don't know if I'm gonna finish it, but it, it calls the swing, the pendulum swings back. And that's just, that's not even the title, but that's the theory. When something goes way this way, it always curves back. Has and to. if you study and you research right now, the people who are having four and six kids are wealthy people, super religious Mormon people, uh, super religious Muslim people. Uh, those are the only people who have four and four and six kids. Other people ain't having no kids or one kid. Listen, the pendulum is coming back. Listen, as someone who does like a modeling, I create models. Um, one of the things I know that everything always regresses to the mean. So it's always so to your to your point, that theory is correct. The yep. Pendulum it has to swing back. It just has, has to. to swing back. It, 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 it goes far out. It has to come back. I mean, I'll give people an example. If you go to Frisco, Texas, Prosper, Texas, um, Master Plan Communities, they're building a community where the only kids that go to those schools are kids who live within that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's built like in a circle. And then within that neighborhood, they got everything they need. Walking trails, parks. Uh, if you look up the lagoon, the lagoon in, in um, Frisco, Texas, or in Winsong Ranch, perfect example. Um, they got a whole, literally a, a beach front. It's got mm-hmm. sand. It's bright blue. On one end, it's super deep, and you can paddleboard and kayak. And the other end is like a beach. They've built that in their community, and you can't go to it unless you have an ID badge that lets you in. The school that's built there is only for the kids within those neighborhoods, the elementary, the middle, and the high school. Wow. So, so again, when the, people aren't paying attention, but this has been set up for a while, right? This The pendulum swings back, and your kids won't interact with their kids. <laughs> you don't have to be in that neighborhood. And it's not a black or white thing, because trust me, if you go to Frisco or you go to Prosper, Tons of wealthy black people in Dallas are living in those neighborhoods. It is a uh, class thing. Yeah, it's a class thing. Yep, pretty much. Listen, this has been amazing. You've given us so many, like, so many quotables and gems. Uh, before we get you out of the court, you have any questions, uh, for Erica? Like, this has been amazing. I, I got a thousand questions. We don't got enough time. Um, <laughs> like, I got a thousand questions, but do, I do want to ask you one question. And mm-hmm. how did being a military kid influence you as an adult? Um, I was able to see discipline in real everyday life, right? And yep. what happens to people when they get off that discipline? Because that's the scary part. Um, I, I've watched people's marriages, people's weight, people's just their whole life just unwound because that discipline factor was gone, right? And and they they uh, there are some people you meet them they're born a soldier. They're like a soldier boy. They're like rule following, discipline, discipline, discipline. And then there's some people who went into the military and it it forced that discipline on them. But whenever they left out of the military, it's like they just spun out of control. Okay. So the like there's a shirt that says don't give in to the war within. It's a really great veteran owned company. And I really if I could like another book that's really great is uh Joyce Meyer, however you feel about religion, the battlefield of the mind. Um, the other book that's non-religious is the the power of the unsubconscious mind. You can get that on Audible right now. Um, it's an old book; you might not find ever find a copy, but you can get Audible. Okay. Um, the power of the unsubconscious mind, and it's yeah. You up here, I mean, watching people in military like 
go do amazing things and then just can't even balance checkbooks, can't can't keep a marriage, can't keep a relationship, can't be nice to people, you know, just without a mission, without a purpose, people really uh, fall apart. You know, that's why the book Purpose Driven Life is just important. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And thank you yeah. for all those great recommendations because I um like I've read the um the Millionaire Next Door, but I don't think I've ever listened to the actual book. I've re- I've read it multiple times. I've never listened to it, so I think I'm gonna go check Audible. It's not a book. It's, he's reading. He's in an audio studio audience, and it's like he's okay, doing like a a talk, like a talk through the book. Um, but it's okay. Worth it. like, to me, it's way better. It is on Audible. You said, uh huh. It's on Audible. Okay, yeah, I gotta check that out. I, I definitely haven't heard that one, so I definitely gotta check that out. But um, Erica, I just want to say first off, um, first and foremost, congratulations on everything you got going on. Um, Thank it's you. amazing to see. It, it's, it's important to highlight people like you, so our audience can see that, you know, um, we're doing amazing things out in this world, right? Um, and I just want to say, keep up the good work. Um, thank you. Um, and I will be checking out your courses too, because like I said, we're, we're in the process now of trying to build out our YouTube after we built out our podcast. And, and thank you to all of our subscribers to our podcast, because we appreciate all the support, the thousands of thousands of listens we get every week. We love it and we appreciate it. But now we try and get our YouTube up. So we try and be like Erica. So we need that. We need that money. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but with that being said, though, um, I'll make sure I put links to your social because um, mm-hmm. you're also an amazing follow on social media. I follow your Instagram and watch everything that you got going on. So um, yeah, I'll make I mean, sure I put that as well as uh, so I can stop cutting up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll make sure to put all your links there. People, all of our audience, make sure you go check out what Erica has going on. Um, she's amazing. She's doing amazing things. And um, she's a she's a value to our community. So I want to say thank you for your time. Um, we appreciate you and, uh, you know, continue success. Thank you. All, I appreciate it. all the successes in Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. I'm, 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 build it's, that hotel. Build that hotel. I, ain't, I don't even drive no trucks. I'm going to come. I'm just going to come see it. Because I'm, I'm just going to come see it. Listen, um, it's everybody. Please um, give us some feedback on this episode. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, share this video and, and go check out what she's got going on. Um, but Till next time, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.